Studio Stories, Studio Stories. A podcast reminiscing on Twin Cities dance history. All stories are connected, new ones woven from threads of the old. Hi, I'm Matthew Jindusky. Welcome to Studio Stories. This year's Candy Box is happening July 12th through the 16th at Pika Event Center. Happy Hour Artists, Badi Watani, Borealis Dance Theater, Annika Hansen and Abigail Whitmore, Honeyworks, Slow Dance Company, and featured artists Hijack, Viva La Peppa, and Judy Shui Xian. Tickets are on sale at arenadances.org. Today we are chatting with Danielle Ritchie of Borealis Dance Theater. Welcome, Danielle. Hello. It's so uh, nice to have you here with us and great for a chance to get to share your story and a little bit of your history. And I'm also thrilled that you are involved in the summer's Candy Box Dance Festival as a happy hour artist. I cannot wait to hear what you are planning for the showing. Uh, can you share a little glimpse of your kind of beginnings in dance and where that has taken you? Sure. Uh, I was born in New Jersey and grew up uh, up and down the East Coast and really started to get into dance while I was in North Carolina and was only interested in doing ballet. And so that is what I concentrated on for pretty much all through elementary school, middle school, and high school. I was a ballerina and uh, went to college and minored in dance uh, at Mankato was my first year and sort of got a huge exposure to what else is possible through dance. Um, I was a nursing major at the time and decided, you know what, maybe I like this dance thing more than I thought I would. So um, I left Mankato and I went to the Alvin Ailey School um, in New York City and really got a huge experience in all the different kinds of genres and what it was like out in the field, like big time in New York City, and decided that um, through through all of that, that I was more interested in teaching. And so my my um, my gaze sort of shifted from I want to perform to studying how the teachers were relaying information, how, how they were communicating, how they were um, just in the classroom in general. And I took that to uh, UC Irvine in California and really, again, honed in on how people were teaching. And that's sort of the direction that I went in. So um, I love to dance. I love to perform, but I feel like teaching is really my calling. So that's sort of how that all happened. Nice. And how long were you in New York then with studying yeah. at Ailey and such? It was a, so it was the certificate program I got accepted to. That's a three-year program. Uh, you're dancing 40 hours a week. You are with the Fordham University students. You're just not taking all of the uh, liberal arts studies at Fordham. You're just taking the dance part at Ailey. And it was intense. I went through a knee injury and uh, sort of had like a quarter life crisis of what am I doing with my life? And so my, my dad was like, why don't you talk to a teacher and just like see what options there are? So 
I uh, had a connection with my jazz teacher at the time. So I sat down and I said, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what path I want to take. And she's like, Do, would you want to teach? And I said, well, I was thinking that, you know, and I could be interested in that. She said, well, you need to leave then. Uh, wow. You need a degree. <laughs> she said, you know, this will make you an amazing dancer, but that certificate basically shows that you're just a great dancer and really can't, if you want to go into options in teaching, uh, you really need a BFA. So um, that's when I sort of figured out that, you know, New York was great. Ailey was amazing. They broke you down and built you up a different kind of dancer and um, super grateful and thankful for that time. Uh, but I decided to go back to school. So I was only there for a year. Um, and the graduation rate to the program is very small. So mm. they take 30 people a year out of everyone. And the graduating class the year I was there were <laughs> three people. So oh, wow. um, a lot of people sort of find probably different directions in what they want to do with dance through that time and, you know, take those, take those steps. So uh, not a lot of people actually finish the program, but the experience while you're there is amazing. So. Yeah. It's interesting. I suppose to being in New York, like you're already and becoming a professional in a way. Right. <laughs> so the, the opportunities are a little bit more there. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's interesting, University of California, Irvine, you studied under the direction of Donald McHale, which mm -hmm. is a huge name. Right. Uh, can you tell me about Donald McHale? <laughs> a brief little glimpse of style or? Oh man, he uh, had a very specific technique in how he taught modern dance. Um, and he did it from a chair because he was getting older and he just couldn't move the way, uh, you know, he could when he was younger. Um, but the way and the passion that he, he exuded while he was teaching um, and creating like huge juxtapositions in your body was super big with him. So one side of your body would do something completely opposite than the other side of your body. Mm. Um, and we would train and we do the same, the same thing, the same warmups, the same things um, every day so that your body could get used to it. Um, and then he would change things along the way. But uh, that training was really tricky in the beginning <laughs> because he's, he just had, um, he pushed you in a, in a different kind of way than uh, traditionally teachers would. And um, he was pretty special. So yeah, I think it's I I enjoy that idea of routine of like there's something about them, you know, it might feel mundane, but there's right. like an inner knowledge of that repetition that somehow goes deeper. Right. And I think <laughs> so that's what it is, you know, when you when you're exploring something and you get to it's basically rehearsal, right? So you find new things to work on and to discover you know, throughout that time with him. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, your, your own research in your own body just goes a lot deeper. Which is cool. Yeah. 
Well, you certainly did go deep into that educational component, getting an MA uh, in arts management, Mm -hmm. arts and cultural management at St. Mary's University in in Minnesota, as well as your master's uh, in choreography from Jacksonville Mm -hmm. University. My goodness. Danielle, that's, that's a lot of schooling. <laughs> a lot of grad Good job. <laughs> yeah. I'm like way underqualified. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, my, my goal was to get both, you know, uh, uh, so that you could manage the business side of, of having a company or working in a college so that you've got that knowledge of, you know, how things run and then the teaching aspect of the MFA. So. So in all of this, you getting your master's uh, from Jacksonville University in choreography, is that what kind of got you like, oh, I'm going to make my own work? Uh, no, that started no. in, I started the company in Austin, Texas um, in 2008. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, it was just, I was dancing in a company and they asked me to take over as artistic director and you know you take choreography classes in college but when you're just asked to take over artistically of a company i was thrown into it and i'm like Mm. all right i guess i'm making dances now um (laughs) so that's sort of how it all started um and then i sort of grew my curiosity and what I wanted to do and it didn't fit in with the company that I was working in. So uh, me and about five or six other dancers sort of left and created our own company. And we were sitting in a coffee shop in Austin and we're like, okay, so what do we want to do? (laughs) What do we want to name it? What's going to be our mission? Like all of this stuff. And we just sat there thinking, and that's when Borealis dance started. Um, and so we we sort of made our own little niche in, in the Austin community. I was, um, dance is not super big there just because it's such a live music kind of a town. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were only a few companies that were there. And so we had, we developed a following and it's sort of like where that all started. So then I started getting legs under myself um, and I had no idea how to run the business side. And I'm like calling my dad asking, cause he has a lot of experience in this. So I kept calling him. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I feel like a lot of artists get to that point because we're not taught that in undergrad, right? We're not taught that in school, even though yeah. it's super important if you want to, you know, be a choreographer, go into business for yourself, or just develop a nonprofit. Um, so that's when I decided to move to Minnesota so that I could um, get the knowledge and go to graduate school to to have that. So that's how that happened. Uh, and then I created, I reestablished the company in Minneapolis in 2012 or 13 um and just sort of threw up my website and had auditions and that's how it all started here so um 
And why the name Borealis Dance right. Theater? Where, where does Borealis come from? Well, in Texas, I thought it was cute because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, you can't see the Borealis, uh, the Aurora Borealis from, from Texas. So Borealis is the dancing lights of the sky. So I thought, um, I didn't want to name it after myself. I didn't. We were playing with different verbs, different, you know, ways of, of sort of communicating what we wanted to say with our movement, but I sort of wanted something like super obscure and random. So that's sort of how it happened. Uh, yeah. So then when I moved here, it wasn't as cute because it's Minnesota. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, I was branded. I had a following like it was, you know, so that was sort of at a logo. Um, and I decided to just stay with it because it was sort of mine anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, we rebranded um, to include the theater part mm. um, because I've always been sort of interested in how to mesh the two together. A lot of what we do is storytelling. Um. I grew up actually in a theater because my dad is, was a professional theater director. Mm. Um, so I just sat in his rehearsals absorbing all this information that I didn't know I was actually absorbing at the time until I needed to use it. And all of a sudden I knew things. Um, and just from being in his classes, cause he was a teacher. So there are some sort of parallels with, with our, um, our career, which is interesting, uh, yeah. minds and dance, but, um, so just being around him and in his classes and just getting all this information from him and then using that through dance was like a super big thing for me. So that was actually a part of my thesis for, uh, getting my MFA. And so because of that, and because I've developed all this research and a new way of creating uh i i decided you know why don't we just put theater on the back end of it because we do mesh you know spoken word and song and voice and and dance all together we have like scenery we've got like big sets sometimes so it's you know we have these huge productions and i'm like you know what it fits for what we're doing and we tell stories with what we do so that's sort of how we moved into the dance theater because it's actually dance theater that we do now. Yeah. <laughs> Explain to me again, you, you said Borealis uh, was from the sky. Mm -hmm. It's the dancing the, lights of the sky. The dancing lights of the sky, mm -hmm. which is, is that based in Minnesota? I'm really the Aurora Borealis, right? So those yeah. the, the light, the colors that you can see in like Alaska and Canada, but sometimes okay. it's in here, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, is my memory correct? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, very cool. I think that that's, I love that now even more. I wondered if that was part of it Yeah. in my mind. I was like, Borealis, that's gotta be the, okay. Yeah. Well, very cool. Can you give just like a, <laughs> I would hate to ask this and I'm not asking this, <laughs> but I am. <laughs> like the elevator speech in a way of like how you describe the movement that you're doing, because you were describing spoken word and, and all of the kind of components of it. 
where does the movement, uh, how does that movement generation come for you uh, collaboratively and or, you know, what does the process look like? Ah, that has shifted immensely since graduate school. Um, I am completely grateful for the experience that I've had during my MFA. Um, I had the extreme pleasure of working with Alonzo King in the studio and, and he really pushed us and he really showed us how he creates and, and just the philosophy behind everything and just him. I mean, we all, there was 20 of us and we just sat at his feet crying every night because yeah. of just everything he was saying to us. And it was like going to church because he was so inspirational and he just made us question everything. So, <laughs> um, and that's sort of what that whole program was, was like basically breaking apart everything you knew and questioning everything and getting information from other professionals in the industry and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't and what do you like and um, what speaks to you. And so that's sort of where my my head sort of went was, you know, and I'm a big person with community. So mm. um, relationships, community, I um, collaborate with the community a lot. Um, you know, being a teacher, it's super important to me anyway. Uh, but, but establishing a community in the studio while we're creating and getting super comfortable with each other, um, just sitting and talking sometimes about a piece before we even move, um, mm. you know, for hours happens because we're, we're doing our own research about the content and the area that we're, we're sort of diving into. So that that's sort of where we're at in this process for candy box. So, you know, we, I asked the, the dancers to really reflect on this last year. And then I took out commonalities that I saw uh, between everybody's writing and we just talked about it. And that's when we started sort of creating content. So a lot, the, a lot of the time the dancers have, the freedom to express themselves and create um, with with theme in mind, with keywords in mind, and I take their ideas and we sort of piece things to get, piece ideas together. Um, I come in and sort of sort of like a Rubik's cube. I sort of put it all together, shift things, change things, um, so that it makes sense. Um, I have an overarching like visual idea of what's happening. I see it in my head, but the details come from the dancers. So mm. that's sort of how we're working okay. these days. So th this work that you're showing as a work in process is, mm. is a new one. Yes. That's so exciting. And I, I think it's incredibly, you know, interesting and important right now to really reflect on that past year. So it's really, it's great that you can be, um, oh, what's the word? Like, just so, like, current, I guess, <laughs> is the easy word to say, but just like, you know, not not uh, presenting something that has been done already. It's, it's really even more exciting. And I love, I love the fact that for the happy hour um, showings that people 
that come to the showing get to have feedback and and share in that experience and then also come back and it's like okay this is where it it grew to you mm-hmm. know or diverted from <laughs> sometimes even very cool so what is the do you have any concept of title right now or anything or uh we don't even have music yet yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i i just i play music so we're not in silence but mm-hmm. you know i play with sound i play with music and i it's i pick a different song every time we do it just to see how that affects the dancers um i'll find something sooner or later uh, but yeah yeah um what was cool for me uh in grad school is that we had projects where we had to involve the viewer and in different and interesting ways and so i what we're planning on doing at candy box is the audience actually will have a chance to manipulate the dancers mm-hmm. um, and the dancers have a choice on how to respond to the audience. Um, so it's it's like a game, and we have to set up all the rules and all of the you know the tasks involved in in that. But the the audience will have cards on their seats, and they will use them to um, basically influence what's happening on stage in front of them. <laughs> and what does that? Uh speak to you for, uh, for the current we had to we had to do what we were told mm. you know um and choose how we wanted to handle that and choose how we felt about that uh you know with the government and with the rules and the cdc and all of the stuff that was happening you know and this goes past the pandemic. It also speaks to, you know, the social movement that Minneapolis experienced. It, mm-hmm. you know. So there's there's a lot of content there. And the the movement reflects, you know, the feelings and and different um, experiences that we've all had that, you know, I think that's the cool part about dance is, you know, you can it's different for everybody. You can you can see something and take something completely different than I do, um, and it means something different to you, but it still means something to you, you know. So, um, and that's like the big, you know, um, I guess the big idea and the big push that I have to create is because it's it's building community in the space with our with our audience at the same yeah. time. So they're a and part of, of what we're doing and a part of the experience. Completely. I can't agree more with that. I love that. I mean, I feel like it's a conversation, like you're, you're posing questions or, Hey, I'm thinking about this and like having that conversation amongst community to, to kind of highlight and, or just bond in a certain way. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, nice. Well, Danielle, thank you so much. I, I, I know this is just a, a nice little brief glimpse into your world and, and your process of what you're making for the upcoming showing. And it'll be exciting uh, to see what you do. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you. You too. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. Next week, we hear from Candybox Happy Hour collaborators and partners, Annika Hansen and Abigail Whitmore-Johnson. 